So we just wrapped up Pride Month and Black Music Month, and we were able to give you some very special episodes that we loved. But this week, we're taking a break. But we're not going to leave you empty-eared. We are bringing back one of our favorite labs from semester one. This one is called The Cookout. Now, mm. you know me and TT love to eat. So yes. we're bringing you right along for a gustatory experience with us. And when we come back next week, we're talking all about nails. You know, something you said... You said whenever there's a reason to celebrate, you celebrate by eating food. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely celebrate by eating food. I, I feel like it's not a celebration if I'm not chewing on something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so yes. we're inviting all of you to... TT the- and Zakia's cookout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard TT say it over and over. The way we always celebrate mm-hmm. is by starting up the grill. Yes. That's the only way to do it. If I don't smell charcoal, it ain't a party. Did we even win? You know, it's like... <laughs> no, you're losing. We got to yeah. get that grill going. We got gotta, to get it going. You got to get the grill going. So welcome to our virtual cookout. So that means right now, you should already just magically have on a white linen suit. <laughs> I feel like that's what all the old black people wear to a cookout. Right. Yeah. It is. And uh, a fedora. Yes. Put on your best Put on your best linen wear. Mm-hmm. Your pointy toe shoes. Go grab a drink, too. Like, if you don't drink alcohol, go get you some juice, some water, some sparkling water if you're trying to be fancy. So, welcome to the cookout. Let's give you a tour. I'm TT. And I'm Zakia. And from Spotify Studios, this is Dope Labs. So today we're talking about barbecue. Wait, what did you say? Barbecue. I said grilling. Okay, we got to get on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) This is a common problem. I say grilling. Well, it depends on what we're talking about, though. Yeah. What do you use grilling? No. Chicken. Chicken, yes, that's grilling. What? You're putting it on the same thing. All right. So it's clear to me that we need to do a deep dive (laughs) (laughs) into... uh, Kind of some some basic some some keywords. I think one of the best questions that you can hear in the summertime is, "What are you bringing to the? Cookout? What are you bringing to the cookout? Like that's a favorite. What's, What's your go-to? I have to make. It depends on who's there, right? <laughs> it depends on who's there. Some of y'all only getting hot dogs. Some of y'all only <laughs> y'all only getting hot dogs. Okay, and I'm just throwing them on the grill. You're not even gonna spiral cut them. I spiral cut the hot dogs if I know you're coming, TT. Mm-hmm. I spiral cut I the hot dogs for you. Hot dog. Listen, y'all. If you just eat, if you just throwing that hot dog right out of the package onto there, you're not doing it right. You take the hot dog. You put your knife at a 45 degree angle and you just turn the hot dog around. The knife is just cutting into the hot dog a little bit, a little bit, the whole way down. You're not slicing through the hot dog. Yeah, don't slice through it. You're just kind of gently scoring it. Mm -hmm. When you put that hot dog on the grill, Mm, honey, those edges that get those, those, that surface area, the hot dog expands, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you get those crispy spots right there, but then you get some of that inside. It gets a little bit of crispiness. And so you just expanded the surface area of that hot dog. Right. And so for me, before learning about the spiral cut hot dog, I'd always tell people, I like my hot dog burnt. So burn my hot dog on the grill. But now I'm like, if it's spiral cut, it don't need to be burnt for me to get all that crispiness that I Mm -hmm. want. The flavor's just collecting those little pockets. Mm, Oh, honey. It is perfect. I'm hungry. We should take a break. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think a lot of a lot of my friends now don't like if I'm up here and I'm grilling, then I'm gonna put like a whole fish on the grill, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I'm gonna put I'll probably do a whole chicken or I'll cut it up. Let me tell you something. Zakia puts whole animals birds. on whole the birds. <laughs> whole birds on the grill. One time for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. she put a whole turkey on the grill. I don't eat turkey, but I ate that entire turkey. It felt like by myself. Low and slow. It was so good. It was smoked. It was <laughs> crispy. It was so good. I've never had a better turkey in my life, hands down. And then we made pot pie with it afterwards. And then that- she made pot. She keeps saying we because I'm standing there when she's doing these things. <laughs> she really, Zaki is a good friend because she always says we. She's like, remember that time we made that whole fish? I ain't make nothing. But Zakia. <laughs> She made a pot pie with the with the leftover turkey that she had put on the grill, and it was those are good times. I don't even I don't even know if, if this I can get through this episode. I think one of the most interesting things for me when I first moved up here, um, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I was just moving up there, and they were like, "Welcome to Pennsylvania. I'm gonna have a barbecue. You should come." Mm. I said, "Oh yes, they're having a barbecue." I said, "What can I bring?" They said, "Bring whatever you want." So I brought macaroni and cheese. I was like, I'm going to show out. That's right. Okay. I brought macaroni and cheese. And then I brought my dish in and I was like, wait a minute. I don't see a pork shoulder. I don't see a, <laughs> I don't see a Boston butt. I don't see no, anything. A Boston butt. Hey, I got to get, <laughs> where's the, where's the pulled pork? I don't see anything. I was like, what's happening? Right. Because the kids from North Carolina, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> and you know, North Carolina is one of the meccas of barbecue. So there are some things that she's got to see when she pulls up to the cookout. Yeah. I'm from Maryland. And so anytime somebody's cooking out, you better have a bushel of crabs. Mm. I'm expecting it. And that I feel like that's par for the course for most folks from Maryland. Yes. Like, if it's going to be a really good cookout, there's definitely going to be crabs. Yes, that is something that I have started to do. Now, I don't don't put any crabs on the grill, but I have been boiling the crabs mm-hmm. and y'all spray Old Bay like for breeze. Mm-hmm. It's just, <laughs> it's just... I, I dab Old Bay behind my ears every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. We got to get down to the terms. Right. Because there's a cookout, there's a grill, and a barbecue. Yeah. Then you got a kickback where... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But I think wherever you go, it's a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Please, more food. My friend never met a piece of meat she didn't like. That's right. I think it all tastes delicious if it's prepared correctly. And (laughs) Zakia is always doing it just right. (laughs) Okay? I don't need any sides at Zakia's cookouts. No. I don't need any sides. I don't... That's how good her food is. I don't need... You don't want no potato salad. Don't I, don't potato need, salad coleslaw. I don't need coleslaw. I don't need none of that. I'm like, just put the chicken wings and the hot dogs and the, the ribs and, and everything just straight onto my plate. That's all I want. You got to be careful. TT will jump in the flames if she could. <laughs> <laughs> Can I grill myself? Shoot. But the other thing that I really like that I think that you should, well, maybe it's a secret recipe. Tell me. I think maybe you should let people know about Watley Water. Oh, yes. Yes. So at the cookout, not only are we talking about food, you got to have the right drink. And when I say drink, y'all know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Hydrating beverages. That with a little kick. (laughs) (laughs) That that is what puts the kick in kickback. Mm Mm-hmm. So for a while when we were in grad school, every year we would make a different Watley water. So it would be 
the summer 2012 Watley Water or the fall 2013 Watley Water. I think one that was a big hit was like water. It was a watermelon based one. Yep. That was a big that was hit. My, that was what I was introduced to as Watley Water. Mm-hmm. When, that was my fir- very first Watley Water was the watermelon one. And so. Mm. Okay. We're going to share the recipe. It's going to be on the um, on the show notes. Okay. So that's at dopelabspodcast.com slash lab zero one two all right let's get into the recitation and first we need to get to the bottom of all these words what's the difference between grilling a barbecue and a cookout so we've been talking about a cookout tt to you what's the cookout cookout is ribs chicken burgers hot dogs corn on the cob yeah to me the cookout is the event Oh, right. So right. it's not like... <laughs> that's not like, yeah, all the food. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's the event. So the cookout is like standing at the grill. It's people inside talking. It's it's like the whole thing is the cookout. It's like the party. I agree. I'm just more concerned about the food, I yes, guess. I'm not are. worried about you people there. I'm like, hey, where is the food? What, what? time will the uh, chicken be done? Exactly. Don't tell me to get there at 3.30 when the chicken ain't going to be done till 6 because I'm leaving. <laughs> and I will come back at 6 when the chicken is done. And don't volunteer to bring something essential to the cookout <laughs> if you know you're going to be late. Don't say you're bringing plates and then you show up at 9 o'clock and so we're all eating out of our palms. You remember when our friend didn't bring those hamburger buns? Do you know how angry? <laughs> we were so angry. Like, hey, you had one job. <laughs> she showed up at like 9 o'clock. The party started at 3. I was like, what are you thinking? We couldn't eat our hamburgers. <laughs> okay, so to me, grilling is when you are cooking over high heat, right? So mm-hmm. that's when you are using your charcoal or gas grill, and that's when you are like, you put the meat down, it's like... The flame, like the coals are right there. Mm-hmm. The heat is on high mm-hmm. and you get those nice uh, grill marks, Grill marks, right? That's yeah. grilling to me. Whenever I say barbecue, I'm talking about a brisket. I'm talking about mm. the, the coals are all stacked up on one side. I have soaked my wood chips. My wood chips are, are just putting all that smoke and aroma into the drum of my grill. And the meat is just cooking all, over off to the side, indirect heat, you know, and it's just, mm, just taking on all the flavor, just hours. In hours. So I need to stop saying grilling for everything. If I'm really going to be a cookout connoisseur, I need to be like, no, that's a grill. This is barbecue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tricky because you're doing it all on a grill, usually. Yeah. Unless you're in a smoker, which is a different thing. But oh, you're doing Lord. it all. <laughs> My friend is so fancy. <laughs> you're, doing it, you're, you're doing all of it on the grill, right? And so I think that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got tricked that time. Because they were like, we're, we're barbecuing. And I was like, yes. They lived on a farm. I was like, they're probably going to put a whole pig on here. <laughs> it's going to be delicious. <laughs> and I was like, hamburgers, hot dogs, cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> no, make no cauliflower steak at the cookout. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating that. Mm-mm. So whether you're talking about grilling or barbecuing, what we're talking about today is adding heat to meat and enjoying a treat. <laughs> that was corny. Bars. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about basically when you're cooking on the grill, why is it so good? Yes. And the science behind all of that, because there's a lot of science behind there it. There is. Listen, if you're a pit master, you're a molecular gastronomist in my book. <laughs> okay. 
If you can manage those coals and keep that meat just right. You deserve a Nobel Prize in chemistry. They need to nominate you. Honestly, they deserve it. So we're talking about all the things that make barbecue taste good. We're talk- We're going to tell you a little bit about the cooking process, what's happening there. We're going to be talking about like what is actually flavor, like wh- how your brain processes flavor and how it develops over time. Yeah. And why some people have differences in what they think tastes good. Mm-hmm. I'm a vinegar-based barbecue person. Okay, so listen, my friend. I like a vinegar-based uh, marinade. Mm-hmm. But I do like a a tangy, spicy barbecue sauce on top after. Like ketchup-based, you think? I don't know if it's ketchup-based, (laughs) barbecue-based. Oh, my gosh. You see, we're going to teach Chi-Chi some words. I'm like, what are you trying to say? I like barbecue sauce. Okay? (laughs) Okay, so if you like traditional, like, Kraft's barbecue sauce or Sweet Baby Ray's. I like Sweet Baby Ray's. Okay, we can get into that. So now we're going to start talking about what you like in there. So is it... You know, is it the salt? Is mm-hmm. it sweet? Is it the umami flavor? We're going to talk about all of that. My mommy going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I've got a lot to learn. But it's okay. I'm excited about this episode because it's on my favorite topic. Food. It's going to be fun. Stay tuned. In this lab, we're taking y'all through everything from what is taste to the science of a good barbecue. We already know everyone loves a good cookout. So let's just dive into the dissection. All right. So the first thing we want to do is help you understand taste. So we got to start with taste because we often are saying, oh, I like this. I like that. My taste preference, my taste buds are like this. My palate is this. But do y'all even know what taste is? So folks have between 5,000 and 10,000 taste buds. And each taste bud that's on your tongue has about 50 to 100 specialized sensory cells. Yeah. And if you think about it, right, that is a big range. You're talking about somebody having 250,000 sensory cells or... A million. A million. (laughs) Somebody is out here having a flavor explosion in their mouth. And and you're over here like, it's all right. Mm Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. So there's five major tastes. There's sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. What's your favorite taste? Salty, definitely. I will take a potato chip over a slice of cake most days. But would you take a potato chip over a piece of bacon? No, never. So you like <laughs> you like umami probably. I do like my mommy. No. (laughs) Umami is the savory taste. So it's sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and savory, which is called umami. umami. It's a Japanese word for um, for savory. So yes, I prefer umami then. And you know what was hard for me to understand? What I didn't know before this episode, TT, was the difference between sour and bitter. So sour is a measure of acidity. So lemons and limes, those are acidic. And so they're sour, but they're not necessarily bitter. Mm. You know what I think is bitter? What? The pith of like that white stuff when you're eating like a citrus fruit. Right. To me, that's bitter. It is bitter. But the sour is probably like the lemon juice itself because it's acidic. Mm -hmm. We generally aren't seeking bitter tasting Mm -hmm. or the bitter taste, but that's useful because a lot of toxins taste bitter. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So this is like your body is maneuvering over time. It's just like, hey, I'm not, I'm not even going to mess with anything that <laughs> might be toxic. <laughs> is it true that different parts of your tongue taste like bitter, sour, and sweet? I think it was, I saw something that said that the back of your tongue tastes bitter stuff. The sides of your tongue taste sour stuff. The tip of your tongue tastes like salty and sweet stuff. And I always wondered about that chart. So if I eat something sweet, but I toss it to the back of my mouth, do I not taste the sweetness? <laughs> like, how does it work? I guess it's because tasting stuff is way more complex than just your tongue. That's true. So what is taste when we're tasting something overall? So Taste and flavor, people use those two words interchangeably, but it's not the same thing, actually. So taste is determined by the gustatory system. Okay. And all of those parts of that system are located inside of your mouth. But flavor is what happens after that. So after you taste something and the signals are sent up to your brain and you're also smelling it and seeing it, Mm -hmm. flavor is the result of all of those things interacting together. Yeah. So... Taste is like a sense, mm-hmm. but flavor is a vibe. Yes. It's like, are there linen napkins here? Right. Is the ambiance just right? <sighs> are all the colors of the rainbow represented on my plate? <laughs> I don't know how you eat those plates of meat. No green. Is that hot dog crispy? <laughs> <laughs> I think my flavor profile is heavy on seeing. The, oh. I need some different colors. Look good. Yeah. Don't br- I don't care how good it is. If it's browning on the edges and wilted, your girl don't want it. Then it automatically has a bad flavor for you. It doesn't automatically have a bad flavor, but it's going to start out at, me- at negative five. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. You got to bounce back. You better really have a good smell then. <laughs> I think the other thing that's really interesting is the texture. Like how does something feel in your mouth? I know some people that... Say like, oh, I would like to eat this, but I don't like the way it feels. I'm exactly like that. Anything that's too soft, like no way. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do like, what is it called? Tres leches, where it's oh, like soaked in milk. I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't do that. I can't really do oysters. Mm. Even though they taste, I think they taste good, but I can't get past the texture of it. Okay. Or even like if somebody makes chicken and the skin is not crispy. Oh, yeah. I can't eat it. No, my friend wants that skin crisp. Yeah. That's why even when I order wings, I say, can you make sure that it's well done, please? Because if that skin is even a little bit like gelatinous, I'm like, Mm. I have to peel all the skin off. Yeah. No, thanks. I think for me, there are things, the sensations I don't like are like hot stuff. I don't like, oh, (laughs) I don't like the way jalapenos feel. I don't like the way that. We were eating, we were having, what were we? And I was like, this is spicy. And I was like, it's black pepper. (laughs) (laughs) I can't take too much spice, y'all. Oh my goodness. I also don't like, um, every now and again, sometimes it bothers me, sometimes it doesn't. Stuff that has like a a fur on it, like some peaches with the fuzz. Sometimes I can't take that. that. Sometimes I can't take it. Sometimes it's okay, but sometimes I'm like, Hey, you should have neared this peach. Okay, you should have neared it. I... This peach needs a wax. <laughs> We've only really talked about what's happening in your mouth. We haven't said what's happening in your brain for you to be like, ding, this was good. Right. I'll, I'll have another. <laughs> um, so neurogastronomy is the field that studies how your brain creates the perception of flavor. And it's wild, y'all. There's a lot that goes into it. One of the sensory methods 
uh, that contributes to how you perceive flavor. And I think it's one of the ones that contributes the most is olfaction. And that's smell. Okay, so you have two kind of ways that you detect an odor. So there's orthonasal smell, which is odor that originates from outside the body. Right? So that's detecting odors from outside your body. And then there's retronasal smell. And that's the detection of odor molecules that happen while you're chewing. Mm, So as you're masticating. Yeah, that's chewing. Odor molecules are coming out of that food and going to the back of your mouth. And there are sensors back there. Yes. You know one of the biggest culprits of like letting off retronasal odor to me is Big Red. You ever chewed that chewing gum? The cinnamon one? Yes. Once you chew into it, it's like your saliva must be activating (laughs) something in the Big Red. And it's like somebody shove a cinnamon stick in your throat. Like wasabi? Wasabi is one of them too. Yeah. Because you can't really smell, you cannot smell wasabi outside of your mouth. But when you put it in your mouth, that thing light light your whole life up. Yes. It'll blow a hole through your skull. It's crazy. So we hit orthonasal smell outside the mouth, retronasal smell in the mouth, but then your odor molecules are traveling from the back of your mouth up to your nasal pharynx, right? So this is where they reach receptors on the the skin in the back top part of the nose and throat. It'll be on the cheat sheet for you guys. So these receptors are able to detect the multi-dimensional nature of odors. So it's not flat like cinnamon. It's probably like Ceylon cinnamon, spicy cinnamon. I feel like that's where, I feel like those are the bougie receptors. They're like, it's not just pepper. This is white pepper. This is, <laughs> this is smoked Hungarian paprika here. This is not just that Romanian sea salt. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so interestingly, it's almost like your brain is like refining that, right? So once you get that signal, it's like it's fine tuning and you get like a, it, it starts, your, your body is basically uh, zeroing in increasing the signal to noise ratio. So it's like, get rid of all that background flavor. Let me give you this intense. You remember Iceberg Gum when it first came out? Mm-hmm. And they had those commercials like, like it's like, that's <laughs> yeah. what I feel like it is. <laughs> so then after all of that, after all that happens inside of your mouth and those receptors are, and those receptors are interacting with those odor molecules, it starts to send these signals to your brain. And in your brain, your hypothalamus and your hippocampus, they determine what type of emotion that you have, what emotional reaction that you have to the food. I feel like the hypothalamus and the hippocampus are involved in everything. They showed up in lab three, mm-hmm. in lie to me. They showed up in the memory episode. Mm-hmm. They got to mind their business. Right. They're like the Russians. <laughs> oh, meddling. <laughs> <laughs> and so then this type of olfaction stimuli. So stuff you were just by chewing, a little odor releasing, going to the back of the nasopharynx, into the brain. Then it's like, this is affecting decision making. This is affecting emotion, all kinds of stuff. We're just a slave to the food. I know I am. <laughs> guess what? I'm the first one to get hangry. Ooh. I need that food and I need it now. Did y'all hear what our producer Jenny put at the end of the last episode? It was me hollering, where's the food? Yeah. <laughs> y'all have to listen to the little carrots that she puts at the end of the episode. Yeah, after They're the pretty credits. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but that is true. You know, I mean, Snickers made a whole campaign around it. Yeah, you're not yourself when you're hungry. And it's so true. Now we know why. Right. So our old friend, the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
we've talked about quite a few things. We've talked about how you chew your food and it releases these odor molecules and they travel up the nasopharynx and you have the stimulation of the olfactory cortex where all those cells are and it's affecting your emotion and your mind and you have this whole flavor experience. But why is it that two people can eat the same thing and have totally different experiences? Yeah, like that matcha green tea you made me. Or yeah. no, that no, it was a matcha latte. Matcha latte. And I was like, I'm not getting it. And you were like, this is delicious. Yes. I was like, Everything I keep drinking del- it, but you know I what don't I think? Know. <laughs> I think the best case of that, I was so excited to share. I got some fresh figs at the farmer's market. Oh, in Durham. this is a good example. And I was like, TT, I can't wait for you to have some of these figs. Mm-hmm. These are. It's like that plums in the icebox uh, mm-hmm. poem. But I was like, these figs are delicious. You're going to love them. Mm-hmm. I cut and them I open. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat a fig. I'd never had a fig before. But you had had a fig newton. I had, I've eaten a lot of fig newtons in my life. So I was like, I love fig newtons. Bring those figs on. I'm going to eat the whole thing. They're going to be delicious. Mm-hmm. And my friend cuts one open. I'm like, this don't look like how I thought it would. But I trust it because I love fig newtons. I bit into that thing. I was like, this is not a Fig Newton. <laughs> this is not what is in Fig Newtons. It can't be. These don't taste the same. A Fig Newton is delicious. This is gross. Some of it is probably texture, but I think some of it is also like expectation. I really should have, it's my fault. I should have set you up differently Thank because you. basically I was like, you, you'll like a Fig because you like Fig Newtons. And you were like, yeah, I do like Fig Newtons. But what I basically said was like, you'll like a strawberry because you eat strawberry Pop-Tarts. And that's not the same. It's like you'll like raw, uh, what is that? Cacao nibs or cocoa? What are those things called? Yeah, cacao. Cacao. That's like you'll like raw cacao nibs because you like, like Hershey bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really think that through. It's a lot what of sugar that? they're adding. So let's talk about these flavor preferences and how that can play out at the cookout. Because something that's really interesting to me is some of my friends... She said some of her friends then looked up, which makes me feel like she's talking about me. Some of my friends she's only eat certain things. Some of my friends is like, don't put no onions on that. Oh, okay. Here we go. And some of my friends, that's not just you. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not that's, just you. It's just a coincidence, it's I a guess. Coincidence. I believe in coincidences sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends are, you know, don't cook it too long. It's too crispy. Uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, everybody has these preferences And I think it's really interesting how all this stuff plays out. One of my favorite places to see this playing out is on Black Twitter. Yes, because they're like, okay, who made the potato salad? Yes. (laughs) They will have you thinking about, and they're saying, what do you put in your potato salad? Right? You got to be careful about both what's in it and, you know me, I'm a stickler for food safety. I'm like, hey, is mayonnaise in that? Mm -hmm. Is that refrigerated? And that's been sitting out since this afternoon, and it is now dark. I don't want to see the oil separating from the <laughs> egg in your potato salad. I don't want to see it. And then they're also saying your elbows got to look a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I grill, I look like my worst self. That's why the food tastes the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even put any lotion on my heels when I grill. You can't. Or the no. food won't taste right. Food won't taste right. That's why when they say, man, you really put your foot in this. They mean the ashy foot. The the crusty part of the foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want no, man, no foot with a pedicure. Making my food. No pedicure foot ever made a good rack of ribs. Never. Okay, so now that we've dissected taste versus flavor and how we process flavor in our brains, let's apply all that to the cookout. We're going to take you from start to finish. And the first step is usually marinating or brining. 
So we have to think of meat as all these proteins that are packed together. And if you don't put anything on your meat and you just throw it on the grill, the first thing you'll see is that meat shriveling up. So what happens with the marinade is that when that salt, it begins to dissolve in all the water that you have in your meat because meat is 75% water. Mm -hmm. So then the salt begins to dissolve and all those salt molecules start to travel through the meat because when you have something that's high concentration salt, so that's your marinade, it naturally wants to go from high concentration to low concentration. So that salt just starts to force itself down into the meat. And that's the reason why um, with a marinade, your entire meat gets flavored. I am a fan of brining. I used to be a marinating kind of girl, Mm. but now I am a dry brine. What is the difference between marinating and brining? So marinating is when you have a, like you usually create some kind of sauce almost. Like it's usually some citrus and some savory and salt. And then you put the meat, you like are putting the meat into like a liquid flavor bath is what I would call it. And the key here is a salt-based marinade because sometimes people make the uh, mistake of making kind of acidic marinades because they're like, oh, I'm going to use some lemon juice. It's going to really tenderize this stuff. But acidic marinades and things like with vinegar, lemon, and wine, the acid can only go so far down into the meat. So if you have a really thick cut of meat, your acidic marinade is not going to be able to get nah. down in there. It's not going to be able to just mm, get down to the core like you like, <laughs> you, you, like you can with the salt. Yeah. yeah, so salt is a major key. Yes. And so another thing that the salt does while it's diffusing through your meat is that it also helps to break down some of the protein that's in it. And that creates a more tender and juicy product. And so when I think about that salt, that's why one of my favorite things to do is a dry brine. So... A liquid brine is basically a salty marinade, Mm -hmm. but a dry brine is where you just take the salt and you put it right on the meat. Mm. Like, and so it's so interesting. Sometimes I'll do this and I'll have a piece of meat and it's uncovered and I put a bunch of salt on it and you can just see the water kind of bubbling up. Like, because I think it's the salt going in Mm -hmm. because there's a higher water concentration in the meat. So it's pulling the water out and the salt is forcing itself in, but you get to see some of the water on the surface of the meat. And so I like to do a dry brine. I do that for chicken, for um, turkey. Like when I do something on the grill, like the turkey we talked about, I usually do a dry brine. And so the skin will get so crispy because you pulled all that moisture out. When I want a crisp skin, a dry brine is where it's at. Mm. So after you've already marinated or brined your meat, depending on your preference, now it's time to start cooking. And me personally, I love a seared meat because I really love that crispy outside. Like we said, I like a, I like a crispy hot dog. Mm-hmm. I like my, my chicken crispy. I like my steak to have like a nice seared outside. And I always heard that with like a bigger cut of meat, like a steak, that you sear it to keep the juices in. Yeah, that's kind of a misconception, right? Because when you sear something, what you're actually doing is removing all the water from it, all the juices from it. And so maybe a more appropriate thing to do is to sear on one, depending on how thick cut your steak is, right? I have a friend that makes these cowboy steaks and I swear they're like three or four inches thick. (laughs) And you um, sear it on one side, sear it on the other, and then you have a little bit of indirect heat to kind of let it finish cooking so that you're not just drying the meat out. Right, because that searing isn't waterproof. No. So (laughs) searing it in, doesn't actually keep water in. The water's still going to try and get out. But what you're doing by searing is like forcing the water out faster. Fast, yeah. And so a lot of times people think 
if I cook everything really high, I'm going to get a really good and crispy skin. And some of y'all are finding you're putting your chicken on really high and it's crispy on the outside. And it's raw dog on the inside. <laughs> yes, and it's raw on the inside. And so I think you really got to look at when do I want direct heat and when do I want indirect heat. <laughs> so that's when you have the low and slow technique, right? Low and slow is really good for some of your tougher cuts of meat. So like your shoulders, brisket, like big pieces of meat like that. I like a low and slow and you just add in the coals. Like we had a big party in Durham and my my whole family was there. My mom was there and my godmom. Your whole family wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah, you weren't there. I hadn't met you yet. I'm sorry. That's no excuse, but that's why. <laughs> Continue. My godmom cooked ribs and she cooked something else. I don't know, but it was overnight just on the grill, just oh low smoking it. She was like, add a few more coals out there. Add a little bit of chips. I tell you like that meat was, was falling off the bone. And that's what I like. Mm-hmm. I want to have some crispy bits on the edges and to be tender. And then all that fat just. Mm. So you don't even necessarily have to sear it to get the crispy stuff, right? Not all the time. So the meat is marinated or brined. It's cooked to perfection. And now it's time for the very last step. The sauce. You can travel all over the United States and everybody has their own opinions on what the best type of barbecue sauce is. We're just going to tell you the different types that there are. And then you should go out there and try them. Try them all. And tell us which ones you like best. Yes. Because personally, I had not really had different types of barbecue sauce until I moved to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Where when you go to a barbecue spot, they offer you multiple types <laughs> of barbecue sauce on your table. They're like, okay, so this is your vinegar base. This is your mustard base. And I'm like, I don't know which one to get. And when I first moved to North Carolina, I was just dumping all of them on there because I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to offend anyone. I'm nervous and I don't want anybody to, to be mad at me. But yeah, there's so many different kinds and they all like can, I'm, I'm like, okay, I like this for chicken. I like this for brisket. I like this for this thing. And all of them have like different bases. I have always really liked a vinegar base, mm. right? So this is this is like Eastern North Carolina style barbecue where you have grilled your meat and then you like are pull like you pull the meat off the bone and then you dump something that's like vinegar, like almost like apple cider vinegar um, and hot spices and stuff. So I like that tangy. Mm. I like a tangy taste and a little bit of heat, not too much because you know I can't <laughs> handle that, right? So a little a mild vinegar sauce. Uh, one of the mild vinegar sauces that always takes me right back home is called Carolina Treat. Ooh. But I also am a fan of like what would be called Kansas City style barbecue. Mm. So this is where barbecue, where you have the meat and you rub it with all these spices and you cook it. And then after you have the meat with the spices cooked, you add like a thick tomato sauce. So So it's it's a dry rub, then they cook it. A dry rub and you cook it. And Uh then there's a a tomato-based sauce that goes with it. Mm. Think KC Masterpiece. That KC is for Kansas City. Oh. So KC Masterpiece is Kansas City, like, masterpiece-style barbecue sauce. I would have thought that KC was just like, keep cooking. (laughs) 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 I think I really like that. One of my favorite tomato-based barbecue sauces, and I think you like this one, too. Sweet Baby Baby Race. Yeah. That is my go-to. I put that on everything. Right next to my old bay. Like, it's so good. You can just put Sweet Baby Ray's on a bun. (laughs) (laughs) I just put it on my finger and I'm like, this is a great snack. (laughs) (laughs) And so 
there's that, but then there's Texas style. There's also mustard style that I think is in North Carolina and South Carolina a little bit. There are a lot of different styles. I don't want to leave anybody out, but those are the two main things that I think are big. And I think your preference is just based off of those things that we mentioned earlier on in the episode, where it's just like, if you grew up around people who only had mustard-based barbecue sauce, then you're likely to only like that. Yeah, especially if it's the only thing available. You're going to eat that or you're going to be hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You know? For real. And so, like... I don't really have a preference. I'm just like, what tastes best at that time? And what's available. And what's available because <laughs> I'm hungry. And I think that's the really interesting thing. You know, food is something that can both unite and separate us. I was at the grocery store recently and I saw, what are those things called? It was like dried grasshoppers mm. at the grocery store. And I was like, ew, who would eat that? <laughs> and then I said, people are probably wondering who is eating those pickled deviled eggs and pig feet. <laughs> you know, is there something for every culture that people mm-hmm. are like, ugh, who eats that? And I think it's really it's really interesting because food really binds us. Like, you think about mm-hmm. a lot of major things. We celebrate, we talk, we do all kinds of stuff and bond over food. Like, every major event, there's usually food that's involved. And it's really important to really kind of get out there and try other foods. Absolutely, because I have had grasshoppers. You have? Mm-hmm. And they taste like sunflower seeds. What? So I really enjoyed them. I mean, it's not like I'm out here like, oh, let me run to the store, get some grasshoppers real quick. But I'm never afraid to try something. That's true. And not afraid to like it. If it tastes good, give it its props. Yeah. I think it's a mental thing for me. You know mm-hmm. how I am about mm-hmm. exoskeleton. Yeah. She doesn't like any shiny-backed beetle or anything with antenna. But- I do have to say, a lobster is looking real close to a roach. <laughs> it's got a shiny back, a heart, a heart outside, and an antenna. I'm going to have to reevaluate. Oh, no. Y'all, all we're saying is don't be afraid to try something new. And if you didn't learn anything today, I hope you learned that your taste preferences, they're just temporary. You can change them. Get out there. Try something new. Eat a grasshopper. (laughs) Yeah, if you feel like you're picky, that's something that you're deciding. It's not something that your body is doing for you. You can can change it. Mind over matter. Mm -hmm. Just tell yourself, I'm not picky. I'm going to try something new. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're not allergic to it, I think it's a good look. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us what you guys are eating that's different. Tell us us what you're doing. If you stepped outside your comfort zone and tried something new, we want to hear about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So this episode was so fun that we had to just keep going. We told you all the elements for our cookout, but we left out one thing. And that's the cookout playlist. Yes. And Spotify has actually put together a cookout playlist that you can go into the Spotify app and listen to. It's got all the hits from the old stuff to the new stuff. So go check that out. And if you check out our show notes, you can see some of our favorite and hottest barbecue takes. So I'm posting the Watley Water recipe. TT's going to tell you... Some of my favorite barbecue places in D.C. I'm going to tell you some I really like in North Carolina. We're going to give you links to our sauces. Mm-hmm. You name it, we got it in the show notes. So you can find those at dopelabspodcast.com slash lab012. And that brings me to the next point. This is Lab 12. This is Lab 12. This is the end of the semester. 
And congratulations, you've all passed. You don't have to go to summer school. <laughs> so you're getting a break. Semester two will start September 12th. Don't be late. And so while we're on this break, we're going to still be putting stuff out on social media and still interacting with you guys. Please call us and let us know your episode suggestions or if you just want to say, hey, what's up? So we're also creating an audio yearbook. Everybody, you know how at the end of the school year, you sign the yearbooks and you say, hey, I had such a great time. Can't wait to see you next fall. We're basically doing the same thing. We want to hear from you and we want to know what did you like about the show? What do you want to hear next? We're going to put all these things together in a short clip. And you can hear that if you are signed up on our website for our newsletter. For more on today's episode, check out our cheat sheet and show notes at dopelabspodcast.com. And remember, the phone lines are always open. You can leave us a question or a comment or text us. Our number is 202-567-7028. That's 202-567-7028. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Labs Podcast. TT is on Twitter and Instagram at DR underscore T-S-H-O. And you can find Zakia on Twitter and Instagram at Z said so. And if you do love the show, don't forget to follow us on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Our producer is Jenny Rattle at Mast, mixing and sound design by Hannes Brown. Original theme music by Taka Yasuzawa and Alex Sugiura. Additional music by Elijah LX Harvey. We want to give a special thanks to our team at Spotify, Christina Choi and Shirley Ramos. Dope Labs is brought to you by 3M and is a production of Spotify Studios and Mega Own Media Group. And it's executive produced by us, Titi Shadia and Zakia Watley. All this talk about the Little Mermaid. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I should get some lobster. I was thinking about Sebastian. No, I was like, Sebastian's a crab. I thought he was a lobster. No, he's a crab. All this time <laughs> in my head when I recreated him, he was a lobster. No, Sebastian's a crab. That's wild.